Hi, this is Jay as well as this is Black, and you are listening to TV Confidential with one of my best friends. <laughs> all Peter wanted was just his music. He just wanted to play the harp, that's all. I gave him the ability to play the harp. In return for his soul. You know, it was almost worth it. No, you didn't give him the ability to play the harp. You see, Peter loved the harp, and he loved, he loved the music that came from the harp, and that was inside of him. Ed Roberts with a reminder that James DeMont will join us later on this hour. James is one of the stars of the new Amazon Prime Christmas movie, Candy Cane Lane, also starring Eddie Murphy and Tracy Ellis Ross. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Chuck Carter is with us as we continue our look at how the Monkees television series still holds up 55 years after it ended its run on NBC. Chuck wrote the acclaimed Disney Channel documentary, Hey, Hey, We're the Monkeys, for which he interviewed all four monkeys, Mickey Dolenz, Davy Jones, Peter Tork, and Michael Nesmith, as well as everybody who was somebody who was part of the Monkeys phenomenon. As we went to break, Chuck and I were beginning to talk about the reasons why the Monkeys series ended after two years, even though record sales on Monkeys album were still going strong and the group itself was continuing to tour both nationally and internationally. So what happened? Well, see ya. And at least from what I remember or them saying or me reading, None of them at the time were particularly bothered that there was no third season. Good. We don't have to get up at 6 in the morning. We don't have to do this anymore. We can concentrate on everything. Now, did they, now, did they know that they had Head uh, in the works? Or yes, was, yes. Know, okay. Head, head was going to be done. And, and we don't need a TV series. We're going to make a feature film that's so groovy, it's going to establish us as feature film, motion picture comic actor which is going which which if if they pull it off would open the door to a whole bunch of stuff absolutely we don't need this dumb tv show anymore and what can you say it didn't work that way and in later years head was very much avant-garde well we'll get to head in a second uh even though it, uh, it's not it's it's part of the discussion of the, well it the is it show. is but anyway in later years a couple of the monkeys have all said, we wished we had done a third season. Hmm. Even if it had continued as more or less the sitcom with some conventional and weird ones. Hmm. Okay? It probably would have been to their financial advantage to have a third season for at least the first seven uh, rerun showings for you know royalties. And probably would have got them closer to the magic number of 100. Exactly. And, and the fact that it did rerun starting Saturday mornings in 1970 with only two seasons worth of episodes yeah. says something about the appeal of it or you know that the network thought this was something that could really sell. Mm-hmm. So the show's done. I'm sure at the time they all felt some relief. We don't have to get up early. We can do other stuff. But, but again, no manager. So what are we going to do? Oh, okay. And into 68, there was plans for another major tour of America after they had filmed Head, which didn't happen. So there went that. So they go into film Head. And uh, for those that don't know, Head originated because Rafelson and Jack Nicholson, who was an aspiring screenwriter, somewhat actor at the time, got together and let's make a monkeys movie. Now, Rafelson had pretty much written them off as, you know, the inmates running the asylum. So I, it was his first film. I want to make a film 
spoofing all of the conventions of film, you know, like a fight picture or a Western or whatever it was. So Nicholson, Rafelson, and the four monkeys went to Ojai for a weekend, smoked a whole lawn full of grass, and and just blurted out whatever they felt into a tape recorder, and that became the script. Again, no one's really in charge. Ha ha, won't this be funny? And when you see Head now, it's a very interesting film. Mm-hmm. It's, it's beautifully photographed. Production values are good. The soundtrack is great. The songs are good. They look good. They act good in this weird movie. But a lot of it is very in-jokey. Yeah. If you were part of the monkey's camp, you would have got a lot more of it. If you weren't or you were a teenage kid... What? Or or if you're going expecting to see a movie like Help or A Hard Day's Night. Or even if you were going to see, say, like a McHale's Navy yeah. feature, which was a 90-minute episode. Version of the show, yeah. <clears throat> you're not going to get that. So they have big hopes for Head. Head, this is it. We've made the ultimate freaky movie. This is going to put us over to the hippie crowd and freak crowd. It's going to make everything wonderful. And it comes out and tanks completely. Too weird for the kids, and they're not hip enough for the hip people who may have enjoyed it. So, nothing. So, they then go off to uh, tour Australia and Japan, where they play very well. And I'll give a plug here. If anybody listening can get a pen and paper, I'll get back to it in a second, or write it down on your phone or whatever. I'll hip you to a YouTube clip to see. But they went out on that last tour as a four-piece band, and in each of the countries, they had another band back them on their solo spots, okay? So if everybody's ready, go to YouTube and look for a clip called The Monkeys in Japan Stereo Demix, Okay? And it's got kind of a yellow paisley picture of them in the main shot. Now, what that was is um, they did 14 shows in Australia, then went to Japan, where they played Budokan Hall, which was a big place that the Beatles had played. And so they were rehearsed. You know, the, the shows were the rehearsals. So by then they were really tight and rehearsed. So what happened was is Tokyo Broadcasting filmed a one-hour show at Budokan and then cut it in half and aired it in two time slots of the Japanese showings of the Monkey series. And that's that's what it was. Now, the video burned up in a fire in the 70s. It's gone, but the audio is out and it's pretty good. And it's been on YouTube for years. Unfortunately, in each of the songs, and I'm not sure if the Japanese announcers were on screen in a little box in the corner... Their game shows are very much like that. Mm-hmm. You usually have a talking head. But, you know, there'd be Japanese, 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 Davy, Daydream Believer. So it was kind of a shame because they talk over a lot of the songs. So somebody used the new, I guess it's artificial intelligence in a way, but it's a program that was developed by Peter Jackson on the Let It Be movie, to extract instruments from an old uh, tapes to make them isolated sound better. Last year, they did the Beatles' Revolver album, and it sounds amazing. So somebody went through and took out the Japanese announcing and separated the instruments and vocals better. Hmm. And here's the, the irony. And again, this the YouTube clip to look for says, 
the Monkeys in Japan Stereo D-Mix, okay? And I heard it, and I'd heard the previous one, and I put the headphones on, and oh, by the way, listeners, earbuds or headphones are a must for the Monkeys in Japan Stereo D-Mix. I was blown away at how clear it was. I was also blown away how good a band they were. That's the best they ever played. We're a band, man. We're a band, man. And the four of them even said later, that's the best they ever played. But typical monkeys, the best they ever played is over in Japan, not in America. Go figure. But it's really something to hear. They played great, and it's good song selection, and it's something. So anyway, they come back from that. And again, they riot for them in in Australia and Japan. So the reactions in them are all that you would expect. And come back, and they are going to film the first of three NBC Hour TV specials, which I guess the show had done well enough. So, okay, why not? They still got some uh, TVQ, as they say. So... The special is filmed, but there's some problems. Uh, NBC is on strike, so it has to be shot in an MGM big open studio, so the sound isn't that good. They had to bring props in. There's just difficulty in filming. And a guy named Jack Good, a British guy who had produced the Shindig series, is the writer of the show. And, uh, And there's a director, of course. But the premise of their TV special... 33 and a third revolutions per monkeys is sort of head junior. We're fake. We were manufactured. We're not really any good. And ha, 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 we're not good like real rock and roll musicians. And I just watched it last night, and uh, there's some good parts in it. The monkeys do some good musical performances, but it's very odd in that their hour TV special has almost no dialogue from any of them. There's no comedy scenes. There's no Marx Brothers stuff at all. And there was a group at the time called Brian Auger and the Trinity with a girl singer named Julie Driscoll. And it's almost like they're the stars in some sort of creating the weird monkey types to do whatever. And so it's very strange. And at some point they bring on... Fats Domino, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Little Richard, who are very good, but it's kind of like, see, these are the real guys. We're just fake pretenders. So it's a mess for the most part, despite the the good musical sequences. NBC thought so highly of it, and I'm being sarcastic, they aired it against the Academy Awards that night. I think ABC had the Oscars, knowing that virtually anybody who was watching television would be watching the Oscars that night, and so that way they can burn it off and say we aired it. Right, and they deliberately sunk it. And looking at it again last night, the first three or four minutes, the monkeys aren't in it at all. It's Julie Driscoll biting an apple like Eve in the Garden of Eden, and and this demonic-looking guy is yelling and stuff. I can almost imagine any kids who still cared at that point who tuned it in and within four minutes turned it off. Or like, what, huh? And even when they finally get to it, it's so strange and weird. It's funny, last night I was listening to Mickey Dolans do the commentary, and, and he, justifiably so, liked some of the musical things were quite good. But a lot of it is, this is dumb, or it's too psychedelic, or it's dated, or whatever. So... 
apparently the powers at NBC had opted three shows, and after that first one, they said, thank you, that's nice, have a nice day, goodbye, monkeys, and that was that. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. The FBI Dossier, a guide to the classic TV series produced by Quinn Martin and starring Ephraim Zemlis Jr., The FBI Dossier, now available at BlackPawnPress.com, Amazon.com, and EdRobertson.com. One more item. Save the dates. Join Coda Life and Welltime as they kick off the new year with their amazing Radiance Retreat 2024, January 19th through January 21st in the beautiful beach town of Malibu, California. Radiance Retreat 2024 is a weekend of wellness healing, and stillness that will help you reclaim your vibrancy, your power, and call back your energy. For more information, follow Coda Life Goddess on Instagram. That's C-O-T-A, Coda Life Goddess on Instagram, Coda Life on Facebook, or visit CodaLife.com. Hi, this is Harry Shearer, and you are listening to TV Confidential, a radio show about television. So now what happens? Torque quits. Uh, Torque quits as soon as they wrap production of the special. As soon as the special's finished, I'm out of here. We're not... Because, see, Torque wanted them to be a real band. On headquarters, he got his wish, but then they didn't really want to be a real group anymore. That's what he wanted. He wanted to be in the Buffalo Springfield as the Monkees. And so he bails and, and buys out his contract under the mistaken assumption that he's a monkey, he can start getting Dick Clark to book him on tours, and Clark says, get a hit single and I'll book you. What? And his house is the party house, and he sort of gets a group, but nothing happens. So now we're down to three monkeys. So in 1969, the three monkeys do quite a bit of network TV. They did a, they, uh, and you can see some of these clips on YouTube, including their appearance on the Glenn Campbell show, right. where they do a, they do a quick montage of their famous hits, and then they do as close. I forget the premise of the musical sketch they did, but it was sort of a musical look at history, yeah. and and. And I think the intent and certainly the, the the energy is as close to the Marx Brothers type of energy that the show that um, that the first season of the show particularly had, but it's it's not quite there. Well, no, it isn't there, and you're right; it has energy. But and this is what unfortunately shows up. Remember, no central manager, mm-hmm. egos. During the sketch you mentioned, they're clearly fighting with each other on camera no no that's my line or they're supposed to hold Davey and they let him go to try and make him fall for real and you can see it and it's like oh dear and they did laugh in okay but nothing really they did some sketches on the Glenn Campbell show okay but no they guessed it on uh, a Saturday morning show called Happening 69 that Paul Revere and Mark Lindsay of the Raiders did and they're embarrassingly bad. The best thing they did as a three-man monkeys in 69 was they did the Johnny Cash show. Yes. And they're very amusing with him. Mm-hmm. And then the three of them sing a Nesmith song called Nine Times Blue. And it's wonderful. It's mm-hmm. fabulous, you know. But 
and they and they still continued to make silly commercials for Kool-Aid or little toys <laughs> or that kind of thing. So the monkeys still were kind of on TV, but there's only three. And most of the... They were doing the Nerf commercials, weren't they? Yeah, the Nerf commercials, <laughs> right. And and so, you know, it's... Eh. So what, was it the machine and the monkeys that made it so great? Yes. Was it only the machine and any four guys could have done it? Absolutely not. They got the right guys, and the monkeys were amazingly great, both as actors, as pop personalities, and in their way as musicians and performers. It was a good run considering that it blew up so much bigger than any of them suspected. And again, please, listeners, I'm not saying that the monkey's second season is terrible, you shouldn't watch it or anything, absolutely not. But their batting average for the two seasons is pretty high. Yeah. Okay. And and the Monkeys series um, stands up against any 60s sitcom. And in many ways, you could go decades and decades beyond to the, the now that it is one of the most unique and original and somewhat strange and somewhat conventional sitcoms that have ever been done. Ephraim Zimblis once said, and he was doing 77 Sunset Strip at the time, you do 30 shows a year, you do 26 shows a year, you hope you have seven or eight that are really, really good. Those are the ones that people will remember, and they will tend to judge the entire season or the entire series on those seven or eight episodes. Well, that's very true. And the monkeys have way more than seven apiece on their two seasons. Yeah. You know, it's it's three quarters at least. And uh, in the second season, there's still some really good episodes. But like I said, seeing it now, and, and I don't know, uh, if, if any of you viewers see it, maybe you won't see what I saw, but just a little bit of the smug, we're above this. Uh, it didn't hurt it. It didn't sink it. But it was a little, ooh, well, it's something. How unfortunate! It is know? something you can look for if you have access the digital channel uh, that shows the monkeys as part of its fri uh, retro Friday night lineup. And then, as we mentioned, both seasons, uh, season one, season two, available DVD, Blu-ray, streaming on demand, pretty much anywhere. Um, home entertainment, and you can, and I think on YouTube somewhere you can also see. Hey, hey. We're the Monkeys, which is the documentary that Chuck wrote and for which Chuck interviewed every key member of the Monkeys phenomenon, including the four stars themselves. Chuck shares some final thoughts on the Monkeys television series. On the whole, you can hear that segment for free on the TV Confidential podcast. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out. Then James DeMont will join us. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer 
or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.